Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lumia's Sports Playoff Edition, game two of the first round edition. I'm hype. I'm joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's, you know we here. Yep, absolutely. So let's start off with a man. This young superstar is not even in the making. He became one last year, but he continues to elevate. Luka Doncic went crazy, 39 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, as the Mavs beat the Clippers 127-121. Right with them was Tim Hardaway, who went crazy in this game, 28 points on only 14 shots. Porzingis put in 20 as well. For the Clippers, hey man, Kawhi, 41-6 and six on 21 shots. He was amazing as well. Paul George, 28 points to throw from deep. But 28 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Darnell, what did you see out of this one as the Mavs go up 2-0, both games on the road against the Clippers? I saw the Clippers give it pretty much all they had, right? Like, if Paul George is going to go out and score 28 on efficient shooting and Kawhi Leonard has 41 on efficient shooting, then – they still lose the game. Like, for the majority of the game, they were down. Well, not the majority of the game, but they were down in the second half by double digits, by, like, 13. And they kept climbing back. Like, it took a, a heroic effort to even get close and tie the game. But Dallas just had too much. Every time, you know, they would go double Doncic, they would leave a wide-open Tim Hardaway, and he was 6 of 8 for 3, gave him 28 plus 13. They got some, you know, they got a couple good buckets. I, I know they had one and one from Jalen Brunson on Rondo, which was crucial, in the, you know, as the Clippers were trying to make a comeback. But this is spelling bad news for the Clippers. And as a team that doesn't have their own first-round pick for, like, the next seven years, it's going to be tough for them because that, oh, that, that free agency window for Kawhi Leonard is opening – you know, more and more as they continue this series. San Fran, here we come. <laughs> so, my takeaway from this. Okay, so I thought of, so like, you feel me? I've been thinking about why are the Clippers such a weird team? I can't, because there's a lot of talent on the team, so you don't want to call them bad. But, like, it's a lot of talent that doesn't really work with each other. Because, again, their identity was supposed to be defense. They can't guard anybody that well. They can't guard really talented players. So, so the defense shit is out the window. So, okay, there's no defensive identity. So, what's the offensive identity? And the problem with the offense is, like, okay, so they said last week or whatever, they were, like, or last game, they were, like, the Clippers – have the second highest three-point shooting percentage of all time. So that means that, okay, they're of all volume shooting three teams. Okay, they shoot a lot of threes, but I thought about it. And why do I like Atlanta more than I like the Clippers? I like Atlanta because of all the three-point shooters, none of them are the most important player. Not even Trey Young. The most important player is Clint Capella. And if you're going to have a shooting team like that, because the, the Hawks are the Hawks are actually built for Clint Capella more than it is for Trey Young. So, like, in order for a team to, like, just be a three-point shooting team, you need a big man that can go down there. Even, like, you look at the Bucks. The Bucks are another team that can, like, that shoots a bunch of threes because they pair Giannis with a bunch of shooters. But the only reason that works – Giannis can go down there in the paint and, you know, get the rebounds. And the problem that the Clippers have, which was the reason they lost last year, their centers just aren't good enough. Not only is their centers not good enough, well, not only are their centers not good enough, but also their point guards aren't good enough. Like, Rondo's good. Rondo's a good player. and Rondo's doing the best he can, but it's only him. He's the only point guard on the team. And that's just not going to work. And I take it back to Atlanta. Trey Young, Trey Young is obviously he has not he averages nine assists a game, so he's a point guard. But then when all else fails, 
that you saw, Lou Will came in and just, he can slash, he can get to the rim, he can get free throws. The Clippers can't do that. And that's why Lou Will was so important on the team last year. That's why he was the most important player on the team, arguably, because if all else failed, he could just get to the line or like slash the basket or something like that. But now that he's gone, they have zero players that can do that. So, I mean, Reggie can, I guess, but Reggie's erratic and he's not as good as Lou Will. So, huh? He's more of a shooter. He's more of a shooter, but he's like, I guess if anybody could slash, he'd be the most capable person of doing it. So, well, he got, he got slashed and he got played. They got played him. Um, first off, you said that I think Capella and Trey on their one A and one B. But the other thing is, is you're talking about three point shooting. Trey Young also doesn't shoot that many threes. Shot yeah, like to give you that. So just goes in there and shoots four. But Rondo doesn't either. That's why, like Rondo, Rondo's fine, but they need another point guard or they need a dominant center. No, what they need to do is play Rondo more. Why is he playing only 19 minutes? The plus oh, they don't him 19. He was a plus 13 in 19 minutes. Yes. I didn't know he only played 18 minutes. He played less than Pat Bev, who everyone watched get abused all night. Maybe not you, because we were watching like you did too. But I watched. They would get him on switches, and Luca would just post him up and call that man too small, because he is. And yeah. He can good. try as hard as he wants. Yep, and Luke was like, "No, no, no! I'm just, I'm just gonna not let you slap the ball away. So post you up wherever I get it. Posting him up straight the three point line doesn't matter. Like, okay, boom, 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 three dribbles. I'm at the paint, Same. and that's what kept happening. And I don't understand. Like you saw about Terrence Mann, you know he needs to play more. Terrence Mann, 15 minutes, eight points, plus five. Ibaka, six minutes, plus six. What the hell are we doing?" Batum, who I told you, you know I've been telling you guys, like, why is he not playing over Marcus Morris? 19 minutes for Batum. Two for three from deep, plus seven. Zubac, 22 minutes, minus 16. Pat Bev, 23 minutes, minus 11. What are we doing? What are we doing? Darnell, what are we doing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Serge is ready to play those minutes, but with the game or the world, with the, the season on the line, he's going to have to be, honestly. He's got to give me 15. Rondo got to give me 30, 35 at this point. I don't care. And the, the thing yeah, that, Lakers had him out there, out there. That's what I'm saying. Bro, start, then he start. I said start him. Everyone was like, what's, he, what's the difference between him and Pat Bev? Like, he can't stop Luka regardless. If it, Who the fuck said that? Who's the difference between him and Pat Bev? What's a point guard? What passes the ball? But when you're talking about guarding Luka. What's the difference? I get it. I, yeah, I said put him over Pat Bev. They're like, what's the difference? Because they always they're just like, what's the difference? He can't stop Luca. I was like, bro, he needs to think nobody on this team can stop Luca. That's not clear. Luca in his first eight playoff games has not had a bad game against these dudes. Hasn't had it, hasn't had an, he hasn't had an average game against these guys. He's got a triple double on like 35, 30 points. So I it's it's but it, at least when Rondo came in the game, I could see it. I was like, oh, he's gonna make these guys get open. He hits again seven assists in nineteen minutes. Dude, yeah, to go out there and give you fifteen assists if you just put him out there. Because he just he he quickened the pace. Now the Mavs can run with them, but it's the only way the Clippers can score. It's just by at least getting if you if you're just gonna be a three point shooting team. There's two ways to do it, like you said. One is to have a big down there who can just shoot the ball. But the other is to quicken the pace so you get more open looks, obviously. Yeah. Mondo and Reggie out there together was working. I mean, Reggie had 15. I'd be mad as shit watching them play because they all they do is just take a bunch of contested-ass threes and middies. Yeah, exactly. But again, I, Rondo, again, he's playing less than half the game. And I don't understand it. What I also don't understand is – I guess they had Reggie out there as the point guard, but even if you say Pat Bev, I guess, is the starting point guard and Ronald is the backup point guard, you still had six minutes out there with no with a point guardless team. 
when these guys said all last year, we need a point guard, we need Rondo. He goes out there. He is effective. Can we please play him? Zubats, I guess, if Ibaka can't play, kind of. <clears throat> that fault, hey, man, when it comes to minutes and shit like that, that falls on Darnell's boy right there. And that falls on Mr. Championship Coach right there. He got, he oh. got, he got to see the adjustments that has to be there. We, I mean, how many times are we going to blame the coaches for the Clippers not getting it done? I don't Bro, think we can blame. I mean, if I mean, if you're, not gonna, if you're not going to play the important players more than 15 minutes, but that the is overall, your fault. I, I can't blame Kawhi and Paul George if both of them are going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, but we know that y'all can score offensively, man. But how about somebody gets a stop? How about Luka Doncic doesn't score 39 points? Like, I, maybe I, that's a formula. I hear what you're saying. And we're not going to find the answer out to this, it appears. We might next round. Don Mitchell's a good defender. Rudy Gobert is there. But I think he's going to light them up, too. I don't think we're really going to find out the answer to this. So they play the Lakers. So they possibly play the Lakers. Or if he looks bad next series. <clears throat> on whether it's the Clippers defense or maybe this dude really is because I keep saying it. It's on a trajectory to be a top 10 player all the time. It could he could just be that good. Maybe he's just unstoppable. I'm not sure. What I do know is though, we just gonna have a dude who can actually set up the offense. Because I watched in the third quarter. Remember, this game was 73, 71 at half, and the reason was because the Clippers in the second quarter again is a lot of random minutes at 40 points. Come on, third quarter, don't play Ronda that much. 19 points. Game's over. <clears throat> Game's over. Like, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yeah, Paul George or Kawhi should be able to guard him. Um, they kept just bringing Pat Bevel. We know what they were doing. Um, well, those who don't know, they were bringing over Pat Bev's man, screening, and then getting a switch on Pat Bev. But if you watch and that happen, right, and he's an offensive liability, he can't be out here. I, not if you go and abuse him all the time. I would just put him on the bench, try him against Brunson. See, Brunson also going to be a little stronger, but, hey, I mean, at least Brunson isn't a post-up player. Like, Luke is a strong. He's going to post dude up. But <clears throat> I guess – I mean, I would, I would think that after the first two games would be the time to make adjustments, right? I don't think you can really say after because they didn't have success in game two that they're not making adjustments. So I think after game three, if nothing changes, then you can say, look, what are the, what is the coaching staff doing? Like, why are they not Here, changing the rotation? Here's right. the here's the here's the only reason I disagree with you for that. It's only because they played them last year and Ty Lue was right there. And Ty Lue was right there when they were about to lose the series in the same fashion. But the only reason they won is because Porzingis got hurt, obviously. So it's not like this is a foreign team where it's like, okay, let's let's see what they're about. We know we already know what they're about, and we know what y'all about. Like it's it's the same. It's it's damn near the same two teams. It's like in terms of personnel. It's only been a few mate, a few moves, like Seth for Josh, obviously, and a couple moves here and there. And then for the Clippers, you know, Lou Will for, for Pat Bev and, like, a few other moves. But in terms of, like, the core teams, it's pretty much not, not – I mean, uh, Lou Will for uh, Rondo. But, like, in terms of the core teams, it's pretty much the same. And Ty Lue was right there last year. It's, he was the assistant coach. It's not even like he came into a new situation. So it's like – you got you you have to see i mean this i mean again if he makes if he makes an adjustment this game though and then you feel me it, it works or even if it doesn't even if he tries to make an adjustment and the players just fold or something like that okay but if he just keeps trying to trot out the same shit it's his fault i don't care what title he won like it's it's, it's the coach that at that point it's not about a title man but it's just about the players on the floor man and I'm just not to the point where I'm about to give any passes to the Clippers. 
I just here's my question, right? Mm-hmm. Is this team terribly constructed? Like, you know, you know what I really think about this team? What I think they were, I think they were constructed to to try to beat Golden State. And the problem is there is no more Golden State. So now they're just kind of just stuck there as a team that is. Yeah, let's see what you're saying. I think they were constructed to beat um, the Lakers. I think that was the whole point. I don't think it was about Golden State. I, I, I think I think it was at about Golden State because Golden State was the create they were the team to replicate. It wasn't necessarily the Lakers yet because they hadn't even won anything yet. If if we're being real, if we're being real, the team was just like what it was. The team was already what it was. Like yeah. the main the main players were already there. Mm-hmm. Kawhi just happened to be like, I want to go to the Clippers. Like they like they had an idea. They thought so, but like they didn't fully know that he was going to just go to the Clippers. And then before he went there, he was just like, Hey, if y'all want me, get Paul George. So then they just made a couple quick moves. They got rid of a future all-star from our projections and and Shea. They got rid of Gallinari. And mind you, during that playoff run, they had uh they had Tobias and they traded him for um Shaman and whoever else. So like they didn't have Tobias in the playoffs. They had they traded him at the trade deadline that year. Huh? Tobias was traded at the trade deadline that year. Okay, yeah. So um but yeah, they had, you know, they had a team that was already set and you know, it was, you know, a defense it was supposed to be like a defensive menace, you know, what what a what a bunch of grit gritty players and then you come in and then if the whole if the whole personality because the personality of the team was supposed to be a bunch of gritty hard-working black air force one wearing players and then you feel me Kawhi come in on some ultra calm shit and then you feel me paul george come in and mm-hmm. and that's just not their you know it's not their personalities mm-hmm. and for one and also like again they were supposed to be their their identity was supposed to be defense but as we've seen, their defense is faltering. So, I mean, if the whole identity was supposed to be defense, then you know, this this just not. I think I think there was an intention that was supposed to be there, but because it wasn't fulfilled, now it just looks like a bunch of random random pieces. Because I don't think the offense was ever the the focal point. I think it was always about the defense. I, I see what. Yeah, you guys are both right, and I see what Darnell is saying because remember, the whole reason that everyone was like, "Oh, the Clippers got a squad," the Clippers got a squad. Remember, first round in that year, they played the Warriors. They took two off of them, right? Was like, yeah, yep. They took two off of them. Everyone's like, "Oh, wow, the Clippers have a really good team." Like, what the hell? Like, they took two games off the Warriors mainly because Pat Bev was guarding KD and bothering him enough because KD, you know isn't as strong as Luca, to be honest. And that was the whole thing. Um, yeah. And they were kind of bothering stuff a little bit. You know what I mean? They were just getting out to the shooters. And because of the nature of the Warriors, Zubak wasn't a complete liability like he is. Yeah. Right and so they were like, all right, cool. We're, we're good with that. Blah, blah, blah. Or Trezzy. Or Trezzy, yeah. Um, and so they kind of did construct a team based off that Warriors series. And then again, because they didn't lose, well, they brought in Ibaka, and he got hurt. And that honestly, that that they tried, right? Like that was the move. They saw him in the playoffs last year, and it's tough. You're in a tough situation because he might not be ready, but he's the whole him. Him and Rondo, obviously, the two guys were like, bro, you, they have to play. And I know he might not be ready, but Rondo at least has to start. So I'm tired of seeing Pat Bev start. And Darnell, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm not – I'm blaming him a little bit for not doing – for not noticing it in the game because I noticed it immediately. The first game, I would say – because Pat Bev was scoring, remember, and it wasn't as evident that Luca was going right at him, right? Like, he had the one play, oh, you're too small. But mm-hmm. Pat Bev was there enough. This game, he was directly like, I'm going at him or Zubat, and they're both on the court. So it's like he gets to choose. 
Um, but the other thing about it was immediately Rondo came in the game and quickened the pace. And I saw it. I was like, oh, they can kind of score now with, with him being out there. But you can't expect him to come back in in the fourth and just save everything. I mean, you know, because in the third, it was already shot fire. And they fought in the fourth because he was back out there. But I'm not going to completely blame Tyloo because you're right, right? You get two games, make that adjustment. I wouldn't have said start Rondo after game one. I didn't. Now I think we just have to just go ahead. If, if you're going to trade for him, if we're just going to look like we're quitting, right? And it, it's sad because Kawhi and Paul George aren't quitting. They haven't yet. They might in game three, but they haven't yet. They went out there and they both balled. Uh, but if Marcus Morris is going to be the second best shooter in the league and does not hit a damn shot until – he had a couple late, but, like, damn, dude. Like, yeah, the game was already over. And they just they just, they just don't – I mean, Dom has been pointing this out to me. He hasn't said one yet, but they don't have anyone who can finish. They don't have anyone who can – they have people who can get their own shot, but it's always contested, like, at best. So again, they're built just like Boston, but at this point, the difference is that I mean the Clippers were a better team this year, obviously, but like because their bench is better. But like when it comes to like their their main players, like the reason why Tatum can give you a fifty and a sixty, the reason why Jalen can give you a forty on like seventeen or twenty, is because they can finish. Like they can both go to the basket. They don't do it a lot, but when they do, they can. Like. Boston, I mean, the Clippers just don't. Like, I don't know if it's because they're older and have, and have more injuries under them. Kawhi but... did yesterday. Kawhi got a lot of fouls yesterday. Kawhi was doing yesterday. Paul George, mm. he had to miss dunk, but he was trying it too. I think yeah. the big difference between them and Boston is Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams. Yeah, they're centers. They're yeah, centers. for sure. And do things. These guys yeah. can't do anything. Else. Hey man, I've been I've been saying it from the start. Zuby, <laughs> Zuby the problem. Zuby been the problem to me. I always said that he was the he's the reason they lost to. I mean, it was him and Trezzy, but they're the reasons they lost to Denver last year. They need a better center. He can try as hard as he wants, but he's slow. He's not that strong. And you feel me? He can grab a couple boards, but he's not no great rebounder. So, At this point, bro, I would just – if he's going to be on the team, man, why not? Just trot out DeMarcus, see what he can do. If he, if he, if he get cooked, if he can't make no shots, don't film me, then whatever. But I actually forgot he was on the team. That's a really – why aren't they trying? Zubats can't play. He can't be out here. Can't be out no. here. I just put – I just have Serge and DeMarcus say fuck it. <laughs> DeMarcus is going to get cooked, and he's going to foul. But, damn it, at least he's going to say This is On that switch. He can on that switch. He's going to get cooked, bro. He is going to get cooked, and Wait, he's going to foul. But, damn it, at least he's going to foul. And he can score. Like, give, you can't can, get the, the biggest thing is he can shoot. So, he doesn't – like, he can at least shoot a mid-range. Like, Zuby can't do none of that. So, if he shoots a mid-range – then that's going to make it easier for Kawhi and Paul George to try and go to the basket. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Zuby just going to be in the paint. So it's like, whatever. But if DeMarcus hits some, some middies, then you're going to be like, okay, well, i got to guard him a little bit. <laughs> really quick, I want to look at the, the Mavs. Um, Tim Hardaway was amazing down the stretch. Now, I'm watching the game, right, and it's the fourth quarter, and they're up. But like Darnell was saying, the Clippers fought and they were right in this game. And Luca was holding late. Um, no skips going to talk about it. But <clears throat> Luca, I think he only had like three or five. As great as he was, he only had, three he had five. 35 after three quarters. Exactly. So we have four in the fourth. He was missing a. He was taking. He was taking a couple of. Th- he had one step back. I didn't mind. He took one three. I was like, everyone was like, what the hell was that about? He missed a little inside floater. I was like, damn, Luca. But Tim Hardaway came crazy in that fourth quarter. I mean, he just started hitting every three, and he kind of closed the game. And it's kind of, it's just tough because I saw from the beginning, I was like, oh, Tim Hardaway's just going to be better than Paul George. I mean, Paul George didn't even play bad. But if, again, like like Darnell saying, if you can't guard, you know, your guy. And <laughs> I'm going to guard Luka, but damn. 
We got to be able to – we got to guard Tim Hardaway. He couldn't we last saw, year. We saw Seth fry him. Seth not doing shit for the 76ers, bro. We saw Seth fry him. He had 15 him. last game. Right. I yeah. take they, they ain't lose. So that's not matter. They didn't lose. It's true. You're not taking people. And then, like we said, obviously, Porzingis really – my man, he doesn't have to get any boards. He just got to be out there, be tall. And he was hit. He was hitting some deep threes. He had, like, two of them go in and out. I was like, damn. I mean well, – He got good. He was 7-3 shooting guard. <laughs> man, that's all they needed was their 7-3 shooting guard. They'll take it. Yeah, that's all they've ever needed for real. You put this man Luca with one with a good, I don't even know if I'd say good. I'd say solid two. Now, Darnell. Yeah. We had this discussion before we had this discussion off air and we were we were talking about Luca's place in, in the West. And okay. I said that Luca's the um third best player in the West. Demetrius said that he's second over Steph. So LeBron. So I go LeBron, Steph, Luca. He goes LeBron, Luca, Steph. So where would you uh do you think he's better? Or do you think he's second or third? I would probably lean third right now. I think a little more playoff experience, he would probably push for second mm-hmm. because I think he impacts the game a little more than Steph, even though Steph's shooting is something that you really can't quantify. Mm-hmm. But I would say right now I would put Steph ahead of Luca, but it's getting it's it's right there. I guess yeah. it's, it's right there. I yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a far fetch, you know. I think it's really a debate. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Luca just I mean, he's been efficiently scoring. He, you know, did have seven turnovers this game, actually. He was really folding in the fourth, but hey, man, 39-7-7. I saw Skip go on Twitter and straight blame Paul George, too. I was like, bro, come on, Skip. It's not even his fault. <laughs> he wake up and blame Ty Lue. That's what he's going to do. It's none of their fault, for being honest. I mean, they, they can't guard. They can't guard this guy. I don't know if that's their fault or not. Again, we have to wait and see on that one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know what this kind of feels like? It kind of feels like us looking at the Celtics and or looking at the old Pistons and saying, why why can't they beat LeBron's Cavs? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because this LeBron guy is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because yeah. I don't know. He's about to be one of the best players of all time. Until, right. he, until he meets Dwight Howard in the conference finals. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's right. So that's when everybody, so everybody thought Dwight was the one. He was, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. But really another was, big, he was great. I mean, the one they thing was, LeBron even kind of struggles with is a big center who's athletic. And Dwight was the biggest, most athletic center of all time, for real. Yeah. So like, had no skills, but if he could do one thing, it was jump, block shots, and be down there. Especially because yeah. they built four shooters around him. So I was like, oh, he can't even be an offensive liability. He can just be down there. He can be Clint Capella. So, so if you who so like, do you think Giannis would be able to fare against LeBron? No. Giannis can't shoot. No, I mean, you mean he like a White Howard. Yeah. I don't know if he's strong enough. And he's strong. But the White Howard was freakishly strong. Yeah. Yeah. Like Giannis is obviously Giannis is a really strong dude. But like Dwight was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like what the actual like just pure I mean he came out of high school number one pick and like still walked in and was like the strongest mother athletic dude in the league. It was crazy. It was really yeah. man, man, when he develops a in a post game, they weren't even telling him like they tell everyone now you gotta develop a jumper or a three. Just develop a post move. They said go develop one post move 
That's why as much as much as as much as he loves to clown him, bro. That's why. That's why you feel me. That's why him and Shaq were always compared so heavily. He can clown him all he wants, but he was just strong as shit, strong and athletic as shit. Yeah, but Shaq clowns him because Shaq did have moves. Yeah. They might have all been strong ass, muscle ass moves, but Dwight could Dwight could cop Dwight could have copied that shit <laughs> if they's gonna be strong. And Shaq was just bigger. He was a yeah. lot bigger. Was he bigger than Dwight Howard? Shaq like you know seven, how, Dwight Dwight's not even that tall. Shaq's like seven three. Dwight's like seven foot. Six, six Dwight, Dwight's like six ten, bro. For real? Yeah, he's short for real. Damn. Yeah, Shaq like seven three. Shaq's not seven three. I think Shaq's like seven. he's seven one. Yeah, he's seven one. Is he not seven? Oh, I thought he was like seven three. <clears throat> All right, so let's jump into it. <clears throat> Sorry, the Lakers beat the Suns one hundred nine one hundred two after losing game one, so they tie up the series. LeBron James twenty three points, nine assists. AD took over thirty four points. 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 21 free throws, and Dennis Schroeder with 24 as well. So those three really leading the way. And for the Suns, Devin Booker, 31 points on 17 shots. Aiton continued to play great, 22 points. 17 free throws. Aiton, 23 points, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 13 shots. Cameron Payne tried off the bench, 19 points, seven assists for him as well. To give him a spark, really, in the fourth, but they couldn't quite get this win. Obviously, Chris Paul still dealing with injury. So, Dom, what did you see out of this? I mean, you know, the the Suns, they just – they did fight. I just think if Chris Paul is going to be hampered, it's just not much they're going to be able to do. Because if he's only going to be able to play 20 minutes a night, it's, that's just not going to work. He had. I really don't even. I don't even think it's Phoenix' fault at this point if they lose. Like obviously, you know, the Lakers have LeBron, AD, so you know they're they're just they just have the two best players on on the on the court. But <coughs> when it comes down to it, bro, they're not gonna win any series. Cameron Payne can try as hard as he can. He had nineteen point seven assists. Devin Booker, even though he was a little, you know, even though he was a little relaxed in the first half. He turned up in the second half. You know, he he got to the free throw line. He was way more aggressive in the second half, and he did what he could. But, again, if Chris Paul can only play 22 minutes this game, their encore coach, you know, their 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 main – their point guard, like, it's just not anything they're going to be able to do. That's, that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Darnell, what are your thoughts? I mean, I pretty much agree with Dom. Like, if Chris Paul's going to be – He's only played – if he only – he played seven second-half minutes. And if that's all you can get out of him, that's a sign that it's probably the end of the season because Chris Paul is so valuable to the team. And we talked about just him as a possible league MVP. So just imagine if he's that valuable to the league, how valuable he is to the Suns. Like, he's everything for them. Like, he's the difference between them being the number two seed and them being – a seven seed or something, or even out of the playoffs. So I think that um, it was a really nice showing from Anthony Davis, him, you know, having a bounce back game. Like I thought that he would. LeBron looked a little more spry than, you know, some of the other games. He hit four of nine threes. That's a good sign. You got some, some scoring from Schroeder. So if we, like, like Dom said, if we got to hamper Chris Paul, Looks like the Lakers are going to advance, and yes, yeah, my only takeaway. Yeah, I have one other takeaway, obviously, other than that. Um, Drummond to me has proven to be effective out there, so that's kind of something I, I was wondering in game one if he was really effective, but then I was looking, he's only minus four. Um, and in this game, 15 points, 12 rebounds, he was really huge for them early. Five offensive boards, and Schroeder with LeBron kind of turning it up to like 80 percent um him and Schroeder really did look a lot better out there so that was good but yeah if Chris Paul obviously can't play and this is the story of his whole playoff career pretty much at least for the last you know however many years I want to say the only time he was able to play was the time where they folded that 3-1 lead against Houston 
Yeah. Against Houston. Yeah, against the backups. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, against Josh Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. I actually fell asleep on that game. I was like, oh, they're about to just win the series. It's over. And then I happened. But, um, but nah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just a sad story. And here we are again. And Chris Paul is hurt. And everyone's like, what if? And I mean, if that's all I can give you, Lakers, Lakers in six, maybe five. I don't think win a game like this. It's because Booker and Aiton, that's what they're going to give you. I mean, they're both playing great. I mean, no one else can really give you much. So it is what it is. Um, moving on, the Nets beat the Celtics badly. 130-108. Really kind of, it was worse than this. Um, for the Celtics, a Marcus Smart led them and scored with 19, 6-13. And that's just not a good side. Um, Kemba had 17. Tatum struggled, <clears throat> 3 for 12 from the field, 9 points. Um, and for the Nets, Joe Harris came out crazy in the first half. Ended up with 25 points on 7 of 10 shooting from deep. Harden, 20 points, 7 assists. And KD, 26 and 8. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, Jason Tatum actually got poked in the eye, and he left the game. So he only played, ended up playing 21 minutes. And we know if they don't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the Celtics aren't even – they shouldn't even be left. They should be in a Cancun somewhere. Like, the leading scorer was Marcus Smart. He gave it his all. He made five of eight threes. But the story is the Brooklyn Nets. And whenever the Brooklyn Nets can get – 20 points from three different scores. This night happened to be Joe Harris instead of Kyrie Irving. Then they're going to be a tough team to beat because they just seem to get everyone involved and they play a good style of basketball. And seven of 10 shooting from three point line for Joe Harris, like four of eight from Harden, 17 as a team. It's just too much firepower, right? And the Celtics just, they're not. Their team that, like the Clippers, were supposed to be a team that was led by their defense. And without Jalen Brown, for sure, and Jason Tatum, it's really tough because they don't really have the wings depth to really keep up with the Kevin Durant's and the James Harden's and stuff like that. So it's the Nets doing what we thought they would do and going up 2-0. I would expect this series to be over in four games. Yep. Poorly constructed team going against the best team in the league, missing their second best player. (laughs) So that's my takeaway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we knew it would be like this, but it's still kind of crazy to me how um, there was a stat being shown in the first half that they had like 12 assists and the Celtics had one. And then they had like two turnovers and the Celtics had nine. I was like, oh, all right. So we know that they play whenever. You, I, I think it's a little overstated how much the Nets play ISO ball because they kind of. It is. They, they don't like that at all. They only do when James Harden's out there by himself to set up the offense. But other than that, they kind of just they get they, they they look for matchups all the time. I mean, but if you just gonna have three mismatches out there constantly. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like four for real, depending because it's because so, if you because if you pay attention to the three, yeah. then you got him out there scoring sixteen in the it's, first quarter. Yeah, it's either Joe or really it's Shamit, you know. And I mean, or Jeff Green. Jeff Green can hit, and Blake has not done anything yet. He's He'll. He said he can be a passer and just not shoot and be cool with it. And I mean, hey. <laughs> he said, I'm here for a ring, not for the stats. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I just don't. Moving on hey, to what the matchup looks like it's going to be the Bucks beat the Heat 132 of 98. This one, the Bucks came out shooting crazy. Um, 8-10 wins for them. And Giannis, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. 
and he looked bad, man. Jimmy Butler, I tried to call him a superstar in the end of the year. I mean, selling 10 points, four for 10, can't have that. So, Luke's, uh, Dom, what did you see out of this one? Jimmy Butler has been the worst superstar so far in the playoffs. And really, my takeaway from this is, in, like like we know with the Bucks, in order for them, because, I mean, at this point, I don't even – this series, I don't know. <laughs> it's looking, it's looking pretty dim for the Heat right now. But um, in order for the, in order for the, you know, Bucks to compete with the Nets, they're gonna rely on this type of shooting from, you know, people like Brent Forbes, obviously Chris Middleton, and you know, DiVincenzo gonna have to be a little better. Pat, Pat Conson hit five of nine from three. Bobby Porter hit two or three from three. We know that when the Bucks threes are falling, they're they the best team in the league. So you know that's really what the team relies on. And the thing is, it can ha- it can happen. That's why they have a shot against Brooklyn. But it's not a it's not a likely thing to be happening most nights. And when the threes aren't falling, is it's a struggle for them. So you know. It's all. I don't know. It, it it made me think they might take a game or two against the Nets, but if the threes aren't falling, then I mean they're just they play like the first game when the threes weren't falling. They they look they look just like the Heat. They look as they looked as equal to the Heat as ever. But if the threes are falling, then it's no chance. So the whole team is dependent on if the three pointers are falling. If it is, they can take some games from the Nets. If it's not. Nets are going to smoke them. So, yeah. I know what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was tough, right? Because right off from right from jump, Brent Forbes just lit him up with 14 first quarter points. He was he was had he had his jump shot going. I remember earlier in the season we were talking about whether he should get minutes over what was who who else was on the team? Yeah, who the fuck the else was it? Dom, yeah. Who else were you talking about? <laughs> oh, DJ Augustine. Ridiculous. DJ Augustine. Nonsense. Yeah. I'm mean, like, no, man. Brent Forbes got to get those minutes because he got the ability to shoot. All, bro, all I ever said was whoever they choose. I even I actually agreed it was Brent Forbes. I was just like, he not the he D- Demetrius just said DJ Augustine was the whole entire problem. I was like, what? He's not. He's not the whole problem. You just saw them last game struggle against the Heat because it's that's not that's not DJ Augustine. He wasn't there no more. They have issues. There are issues on the team. They're not a perfectly constructed team. DJ Augustine was the biggest one, and they got rid of him. Hey, they look man. They they look. They were the third seed when he was there. When he was there, they were third seed when he left. <laughs> they they weren't going to beat the Nets when he was there. They're not going to beat the Nets now. Longest That's all I'm saying. He's, they wouldn't beat the Heat if DJ Augustine was here. He just, bro, now nah, nah, you bugging, bro. They wouldn't beat the Heat if DJ Augustine was here, bro. <laughs> bro, come on. <laughs> like, what? Roger would cook that, man. Hero would cook. Bro, he... Hey, man, either way... I mean, P.J. Tucker is better than D.J. Augustine. I think we all agree on that. So they got a better player out of the trade, yeah. I'm just saying, all, all that, all that D.J. Augustine hate was just crazy. Like he, like his, like his whole, his whole presence on the team was was the whole reason that they were that they weren't good. I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't act like you didn't see. What was it? I forget what the stat was, Darnell. Been talking about was it two minutes minus ten? It was like five. Oh, yeah, it was something crazy. Like it was craziness. <laughs> Don't pretend like you didn't see that. So is Jimmy the worst player on the Heat? Nope. Oh, okay. We're comparing Jimmy Butler to DJ Augustine now. Yes. Yeah. That's how he's been playing so far. All right, back. Let me bring it back to Jimmy Butler. Minus 34, 10 points. The biggest problem is I think that – I think the game one, he got a lot of three-point shots, shot attempts, and that's just the looks that he were, he was getting. And I said going into game two, I was worried because 
he's not really a, a shooter, and we know that. Well, he can hit middies, but he's not a three-point shooter. And it was just going to be tough because he wasn't going to get the shots he likes. And when the Heat were the best that they've played this year, it's when Jimmy Butler got high assist numbers, and he only got four. Guys just weren't making shots. Um, Dwayne Dedman looked like the best player on the floor for the Heat a, a lot of times, and it was just a disaster. Yeah. And for the Bucks, when they make like like the like when they make all their shots, they're a team that can compete with the Nets. So it's going to be about whether they can consistently get good looks against the Nets defense because the Nets aren't, you know, they're not as bad as they were earlier in the season when they were the like worst defense of all time, but they've made progress. I just still don't think they're an elite level or an elite group. So it's going to be opportunities for the Bucs. They just got to capitalize, but that's a little foreshadowing for the next series. I think the Nets are a good defense. I don't think great. I think they're a good defense. I think they're decent. I don't think good. They're probably a middle of the – I think they're probably like a middle of the road. All I'm is, man, I saw that. I've seen him go crazy on people. He's in a bag this series. Him and yeah. Kemba are trapped. They can't do anything. He did leave the game with an injury, but he was 6 of 20 in game one. Three of nine in game two. Kemba hasn't been much better. So it's like, oh. And we know as much as we talk about them, one thing they, they can do is score. At least one of them. Well, Kemba. Kemba, Kemba, he when he feel like it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, but like it's the playoffs now. We I boxing. I know the Wizards defense sucks, right? But just saying, I think that we're going to find out very quickly because it's not going to be to me determined on Giannis. I don't think they can do anything with Giannis. It's going to be about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And Forbes. So we'll see. Hey, man, Forbes was their best player out there last game. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying he, he's, he, he and Portis. He and Portis are going to be imperative to this. They got to hit threes. It can't just be Chris and Drew. They're going to need help. It has to. It has to be Brennan and and um, what's his name? Brennan, Brennan, Bobby, Amen. or even Connaughton. Somebody. It guys, they need help. It that can't man. just be those two. They're not forty point players. That man Shamit gonna look his himself right in the eyes. He's not gonna let Brett Forbes do it. Not consistently. They're gonna cancel each other out. <laughs> they just gonna be the same dude, you know. <laughs> Hey. Only difference is only difference is Shama got three other niggas that could that can do <laughs> that can score forty at any point. Yeah, but I'm mean, real quick that, that I just saw. You know, Drew Holiday did a 15 assists. So as we pointed out, you know, for that explosion, that's the difference between them this year and last year. Bledsoe couldn't pass. Holiday's a really good passer. Um, and he just has obviously a better sense of the moment. Yeah, I mean, he, let's just be honest, man. Drew Holiday's better than Eric Bledsoe. That's what no, I know. We, we, we all I agree mean, like all around the board, honest. like the hell. The I mean, guy. like, yeah, you you don't gotta like break it down. Like, it's just all around better. Hey man, <laughs> trying to talk about the, only, all, the <laughs> only reason we criticized it at first was because they gave up three firsts. Yeah, three firsts. Yeah, it was pretty steep. But I mean, Giannis is gonna stay. Fuck it, and, and everyone's job is safe. They beat the Heat. So. And are they that great? Are they that great at drafting anyway? So, fuck it. <laughs> no, they, they got the one they needed. Giannis, like fifteen. I said, I said they got the one they needed. Didn't they draft Chris too? I don't know. Hey, I'll do some research on that. But as we look, <laughs> no, I'm googling it right now. As we look, <laughs> as we look it up, a hey, Nuggets Blazers. I I taunted this game. I said that I was gonna be asleep, that I wasn't gonna watch because I was excited for Bucks Heat, and this one flipped. The Nuggets end up winning one twenty eight one oh nine. That's right. It was the Pistons for Middleton. It was the Pistons. Okay, cool. Yeah. Dom, unmute, unmute yourself. Um, 
but but the Nuggets, hey man, they went out there, won the game despite Dame 42 points, 10 assists. He was amazing. CJ tried with 21 as well, but they just didn't get production from anybody else. Nurk gets two and eight, and he fouled out of this game seven points, 13 rebounds. But again, the problem wasn't really their offense, it was their defense, and Jokic came to play for real. 38 points on 20 shots, he had eight rebounds. Finally, and he got some help this game. Gordon 13, Michael Porter 18, Composite gave him a little more 12, and Millsap off the bench with 15. So, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, this game simply came down to Jokic just had enough after game one, and he wanted to impose his will on the game, and I think he did a really good job of doing that. They got scoring from, you know, Michael Porter, that which they need. They're going to continue to need. Or, yeah, he's going to continue to have to get them close to 20 a game. Compazzo was surprisingly effective. Uh, giving them 12 and plus 11, he's usually not – he usually doesn't score that much, but he usually gives them assists. He got them six, so that's good. And they got the bench production. So, all around the board, the Nuggets just had – production where they needed it most and for the Blazers you know they didn't get they got really awful minutes for Melo minus 24 five points all around the bench just nobody had more than one basket off the bench like it was Dame CJ CJ was you know he was decent he scored 21 but it was it wasn't a great 21 like it was an ugly 21 he had five turnovers two assists it was really just Dame out there just doing his best to alive. And at the end of the game, it just wasn't enough. And Denver pulled it out. But I think a lot – I think this is going to be a really good series because I think some momentum was, you know, shuffled over to the Denver side after game two. So going into game three, even though it's in Portland's building, I'm going to be interested to see how they respond. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dom, what were your thoughts? Yeah, of all the series, this seems like the most likely to go to a game seven. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Portland just relies on one dude too much, and we know who that one dude is. They rely way too much on Carmelo. And, you know, Carmelo's going to give you his games like last game where he snaps. Then he's going to give you some games like this where he just don't got it. And you feel me? When Carmelo don't got it, that means that it's either going to have to be Simons that yeah. picks up the slack. I mean, Lillard and CJ are going to do what they do, but that they just need a third person. Norm's going to, like, like we said before with Norm, Norm's going to give you between, like, 15 and 25. So, you know, he gave you 15. But um, they just need somebody off the bench to do it. So it's either has to be Carmelo or Simons. And more likely than not, it'll be Carmelo. But if Carmelo can't do it, then, I mean, Portland, Portland's not going to have much of a chance. And last game also, they were saying that Jokic only had one assist last game. He only had five, but you feel me? Five just means he got, he got four more shots involved type thing, at least four more shots involved. So, you know, either people were just hitting more of their shots or, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, but were... game game one, Portland made a, a deserted award. They definitely went into the game trying to make Jokic a score and take away his passing. Just wasn't <laughs> effective in game two. Yeah. I think when you look at the starters and you see that all of them hit at least two threes, um, it's from the beginning, right? Denver had the lead, and it's because Austin came out aggressive and Composite came out aggressive and scoring. And you know that Michael Porter, um, he did it in game one as well. He's going to score. Um, you know Jokic, obviously, is the MVP. He's going to score. And Aaron Gordon has proven the ability now to kind of do it as well. Um, you know, he proved it, obviously, in Orlando. But, yeah, he didn't do it as much in the regular season with them. But now he's like, all right, it's time to score. He's going out here and he's scoring them, giving them enough points. Um, he's going to give you around, like, 10 to 15. But they, it's clear, like, early in the game, like, all right, Austin and Composite, y'all got to give us something now. We can do it the rest of the game. Y'all just needed a little boost early, and they did that. But the, the big thing for the, the Blazers to me, 21 turnovers. When you already suck on defense, like you're the second worst defense in the league, 
Like when you're that bad, you what you can't do obviously is turn the ball over 21 times, and that's what they did, and it just caused a lot of problems. They had to go out there and foul to stop them. Um, then you know, then ended up being the bonus. That's why the game got kind of ugly in the third. Became like foul oriented, and one thing, a couple of big takeaways from this. Well, one thing, I think that what happened in the second half, they put Aaron Gordon on Dame, which honestly, all kudos to Mike Nolan, because that thought didn't even cross my brain. Um, we played like 2K series, and I never thought about putting Aaron Gordon on like the best guard, but he was really bothering Dame a lot, because Dame just couldn't, Dame couldn't just shoot the ball over him. And he couldn't just go by him and get layups because, you know, Aaron Gordon's fast and tall and athletic. Um, and he's a really smart defender out there. So if they go to that early, that could really cause the Blazers a lot of issues. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, man, so CJ now has to score. And like Darnell was saying, CJ was really struggling the whole game. He kind of tried to score. But then what happened was Compazzo, who's fighting for Matthew Della Vadova, you know, reputation out there, started bothering CJ. He couldn't bother Dame. Dame saw him and was like, all right, all right, all right. I see what you're trying to do here, but I'm going to just shoot over you. And he went crazy in the first half. He had eight threes. But CJ, obviously not the same player. CJ's more of a driver or a mid-range shooter. Capazzo can bother that. And you saw there's the play where he was just on the inbounds passes in front of his face, and CJ just pushed him to the ground. And CJ got a flagrant, which I thought was ridiculous, by the way. That flagrant was dumb. Um, yeah, it was. Of all the flagrants I may have ever seen, that might be the worst one for real. Um, it was really, really, really bad. But hey, it happened, and Composite was just in his head a little bit. So if those are going to be the two matchups, the Portland offense might struggle. And the other thing, like, like you were saying about Carmelo, he struggled too. And to me, the most interesting subplot of this whole series is the Nuggets fans completely turning on Carmelo, completely all the way, saying Carmelo has never been good. All this, this blasphemy in my Dang, not never been good. Bro, on Twitter, they're over him. They're like, they're mad when that number gets retired, it won't be his, which I didn't even think about. Until like they were talking about it on Twitter, I was like, "Damn, they did just straight give his number away." Like the, Who if took Eddie, it? If anyone's number should be retired, damn, it's got to be Carmelo, right? For the Nuggets, they said no. Nah, they the way he left, they hated the way he left and went to New York. Hey man, I mean, hey, it's here now, and I have a question because I asked, I asked, I asked Dominus off, off air. Okay. Carmelo or Jokic in their prime? Who's better? Jokic. Damn, you said that no hesitation. Yeah, I thought. I know. I did. No, it's Jokic. Damn. (laughs) I had to think about it. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think Jokic, but damn, he just went right ahead. Yeah, I think they showed a stat during the game, like the most 30-point, Playoff games in Nuggets history. Both, I think Carmelo's two at like 12. Jokic just hit 11 last night. Jokic or Melo played eight years in Denver. And we know Jokic is really just getting started. So even though he's been in within the league for a while, but I don't know. I think it's Jokic. Who was first? Alex English. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think this the most. Yeah. Damn. Damn Carmelo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so basically what you're saying is Jokic a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. Dude's <laughs> <laughs> about to win an MVP. Can't win MVPs. And not huh? What? Unless you're injury prone. <laughs> what? We're I mean, he's scared. an international player though. Anytime an international player wins Hall of Fame or wins MVP, they automatically get in Hall of Fame. Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm retracting something about Derek Rose's comment. I saw Tony Kukoc got in the Hall of Fame. Go ahead, Derek. I don't care anymore. 
He got it. He got into it because of his international background. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, fuck it. Everyone's just gonna get in. Put him in for Memphis. Put him in for the taking Memphis to the championship game. Whatever. I don't care. Winning an MVP. Boom. Got some. Put him in for playing with New York. Getting New York to the playoffs. Okay. NBA NBA Hall of Fame is stupid. So fine. Whatever. Have we recorded since uh, they announced Sixth Man of the Year and Most Improved? Oh yeah, yeah. Jordan Clarkson won it, and then Julius Randle won uh, Most Improved Player. Yeah, um, I think what was interesting about Sixth Man of the Year was I think Jalen Brunson finished third, and Tim Hardaway Jr. finished fourth. Nah, we mean fourth and fifth. Or yeah, fourth and fifth. Because um, first was um, obviously Clarkson. My guess second was. It was either Ingles or Rose, but they were second. Second was third. Ingles. Second was Ingles. Second was Ingles. Third was Rose. Okay. Yep. Damn, Ingles, you can't keep selling his playoff games. He's just going to be second in the playing end. I mean, I saw Jordan go five for 16 as well. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how he won six man here, though. <laughs> going five for 16 every game. Nope. All right, but real quick, let's get into it. Darnell, player of the day, coach of the day, team of the day, dickhead of the day, highlight of the day, last two days. All right, so for my player the last two days, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. I think he had a big impact to the game. He scored 39, 35 after the three quarters, just totally controlling the game for the Clip- – I mean, for the Mavericks over the Clippers. Mm-hmm. For my – Coach of the last two days, I gotta go with I gotta go with Rick Carlisle just because he's been proven to press the right buttons for Dallas right now. And they have a really they have a 2-0 lead when they were as the you know underdog, sort of say. So I'm gonna go there for my game of the last two days. I'll probably go. I'll probably go Lakers, Suns last night. I thought that was a good one. Um, so for my highlight of the last two days, I got to go with – I got to go with Brent Forbes exploding in the first quarter for the Milwaukee Bucks against, you know, playing against whoever they played against. I forgot that fast. The Heat. Yeah. That's how irrelevant the Heat were, man. Damn. It was just all bucks. It looked like they was out there shoot around, man. So, for my dickhead of the last two nights, I don't think anybody did anything that really stands out. So, I don't have a dickhead. I got a couple. I'll, I'll use them both. I'll tell you what. Dom, go ahead. <laughs> all right. So... Player of the day, coach of the day, game of the day, dickhead of the day. I don't know what the awards are, bro. I don't anything. I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> so my game, my game of the day will be the uh, Clippers versus the Mavericks. My player of the day will actually be um, Nikola Jokic. Um, my coach of the day will be Rick Carlisle. My dickhead of the day and my highlight day. I don't have any. All right, perfect. Um, my player of the day, Mr. Luka Doncic. Game of the day, Mavs Clippers. Um, watching not even a superstar be born, a superstar just continue to elevate um with Luca. It was a close game. Um, my coach of the day, Rick Carlisle, they wanted to fire you because your second best player is never there. So you just had to show up one time and be like, hey, y'all not fine. <laughs> um, my highlight of the day, just sticking with this game, was the one-footed three-pointer that man hit for no reason. Just shot it off one leg. Luca just throwing it up, went in. Um, since Dom didn't give one, I'm going to take this and give a second highlight. It was Giannis Atacupo playing soccer out there against the Heat. That's how unconcerned he was with them dudes where there was a scuffle. 
I'll get into it in a minute. But there was a scuffle, um, and he came out of it. I forget who did it. It was Belisha. Just tried to, like, grab him super hard when they were, like, up, like, 20, 30 in the second half. He just comes out of the pile with the ball, and he just kicks it up, just playing soccer with it, just chilling. And um, it was hilarious. The Bucks crowd started immediately chanting MVP. Great moment. Good job, Milwaukee. Proud of y'all. Um, and my dickhead of the day, I'm giving it to a bunch of people. A bunch of guys going to get this one. Ariza and Belisha, both for the end of the game, what they were doing for the Heat, just trying to just literally tackle Giannis. Ariza did a push-up off that man for no reason. That man gave him one yeah. of push-ups. <laughs> off his, off his um, area. Was really I was bad. like, what the hell? <laughs> Highly unnecessary. And then uh, Belisha as well doing what he did. So those two. I'm also giving it <clears throat> to Skip Bayless because it's not for anything he necessarily did. What he will do. Not even what he will do. It's what he's already done. It's what he did a couple weeks ago. That man looked at the playoffs. And he remembered that pain from last year. What everyone said about the Clippers. And instead of using it to adjust, to be better. And seeing that his other player, KD, was right there. Right there. He doubled yeah. down. <laughs> he doubled, he triple, quadrupled down. He doubled down before the playoffs. It's like Clippers are going to beat the Nets in the finals. <laughs> then, with his irrational, but very irrational, as we talked about, he hates Mark Cuban. Luca hatred. Then he's like, oh, man, Luca, even though he was good in that fourth quarter, he sold. And then to say that they had no chance of being the Clippers last night. And the second I'm going to do, what I'm going to do when I leave this, when I leave this podcast, I'm going to turn it on, make my food, turn it on, and just smile. Because that man heard Shannon Sharp's laugh in his sleep last night, and it's just going to ring <laughs> his ear for at least – at least three segments. It's going to be him, and it's going to be Chris Broussard saying, yeah, the Clippers suck. And he can't say it. He's going to blame Paul George's 28 points. All he's going to be able to do. Well, Paul George. 22 shooting. That man really could have just said, hey, KD is the best player. He could go right back to that. But no. He left Kawhi, went back. And now look at his face. Should have just, just stayed gone. Should have just stayed away. That's a lesson. That's a life lesson, man. Never come back. Your ex Somebody is, who burns you first. Your ex is an ex for a reason. Yeah, number two should have been number two forever. Well, <laughs> my man Skip would have been living it up. Because he could have hated both of them. But he would have been, man, Luca. Even though he's a bum, he's killing number two out there. Yeah, that not he could have did that. That would have worked. And he already hate Paul George, so yeah. it really would have been perfect. Yeah, George Paul. And yeah, this way to go, Skip. Hey man, thank you guys so much for listening. We got some games obviously tonight. Sixers Wizards hashtag NBA TV ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Hawk, 730. I'm hype. And Grizzlies Jazz, we can all go to bed. I'll be at the club, but the rest of y'all can go to sleep for that one. Unless they decide to play Donovan, which they're a minus nine and a half. So they probably will play Donovan. Find that interesting. Um, but hey man, for Darnell and Dom, this was Demetrius, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Later. Triple D's deuces. We finally got one done.